COVID-19. NASCAR returns May 17th. South Korea has seen its first baseball return in months. ESPN now airing it live. Could Major League Baseball be next? I'm the Beast of the East, John Perriente, and I'll be joined by my co-host, the Mouth of the South, John Schiavone, as we discuss the potential return of Major League Baseball, which is now beginning to gain heavy steam. This is Downtown Sports. Let's dive right into it. You know what? Um, yeah, so I, 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 I think this has been a running theme for this show for a long time, right? What's going to happen with Major League Baseball? We've been, I, I, we've gone through, what, three different MLB plans for this. Now they've come out with this. But um, so May 17th, huh? NASCAR. Yeah, May 17th. So where, when, how, what's it going to be? Are how are things going to be uh, sanitized? I mean, I, I guess if a car crash happens, you know, the flames of the engine will kill the coronavirus. So maybe that's not such a worry. I don't know. How are they going to run NASCAR, John? Well, like with all the sports right now, NASCAR will have no fans. That's going to be the first thing. The races will begin at Darlington Raceway in South Carolina on May 17th, and they'll have another race May 20th, and then they'll have two other races the following week at Charlotte Speedway in North Carolina. But basically, with no fans, you don't have to worry about scuffles. You don't have to worry about needing that unnecessary security to break up fans in the stands with fighting or whatever it is. You will have the EMTs, medical any security personnel just to handle these athletes, these racers, any of their pit crew, whatever you may slice it. So at least this guarantees that if something happens, the EMTs and whatever can attend to this can attend to a problem right away. I realistically could see this being a first sport to come back. I know we brought up, I think, what, golf was a potential sport, John. I think you once uh, believed that could have been the first sport to come back. But however you look at it, NASCAR will be the first North American sport to come back in the COVID-19 era. And you have to believe if they come back, possibly other North American sports will follow suit. So um, I actually just picked this up from uh, Yahoo Sports. Um, actually, it says NASCAR, right, can find team members who don't comply with coronavirus protocols during races. Um, this is from Nick Bromberg. Uh, this was written May 6th. So, uh, yeah, it says NASCAR has added violations of its coronavirus protocols to the section of finable offenses in the rule book. Um, the sanctioning body is instituting strict social distancing and mask wearing protocols at races for the foreseeable future as it attempts to restart the Cup Series season on Sunday, May 17th at Darlington Raceway. And on Wednesday, NASCAR said that it would find team members, listen to this, up to $50,000 for violating protocols. 50000 Up to 50000 So um, basically the quote is, failure to comply with NASCAR's COVID-19 event protocol guidelines and or instructions from NASCAR, including screening, social distancing, compartmentalization and use of required personnel protective equipment, etc., has been added to the rule books for all three series. The minimum fine for a violation is $10,000. Wow. All right. Apparently, 
more more things here. Um, they're planning on taking the temperatures of each team member when they arrive at the track. Anyone with a fever will not be allowed to enter. Understandable. Perfectly agree with that. Everyone will be asked to wear masks inside the track, and that includes drivers who will put masks on when they remove their driving helmets. Teams will be spread out through the garage areas and infield to separate themselves from one another. NASCAR is also making sure that teams from different series are not at the track at the same time. With seven races across its top three series over 11 days, teams will clear out after each race before teams from another series come onto the track. That's from Yahoo Sports. All right. Well, I like that NASCAR has a very accurate game plan, and they seem to have a very good system in place for how to bring back their races. And I think that's big. And, you know, the television value of a NASCAR race really does not depend on the crowd. It's not like you're hearing the roar of the crowd at the Daytona 500 over, uh, you know, 700 horsepower engines going 300 miles an hour. And, oh, yeah, there's about 10 of them on the track at the same time. It's the viewers you get from these yeah. races that will determine a lot. Yeah, let me let me just say this. I, I think... Any sport or competitive thing that can make its way onto television at any point right now is going to be consumed by the American public. This oh, public sure. is starved for sports. It's starved for its teams. It wants to go back into the stands. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know. People, I think, are rushing too much to want sports back. But let me just say this. When NASCAR comes back, that is going to you are going to see the highest ratings for NASCAR that we have ever seen. NASCAR is going to see so many viewers that they're going to renegotiate their TV deals based upon May 17. I could see that. I mean, look, we need something to feel good about, something to get us away from what's happening in the world right now with COVID-19. We need something to just kind of give us something to smile about, to be excited to see. And I like that NASCAR is finally going to be the first of these sports to to really bring that to us. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. If the rest of the country wants to open up, whether I agree with it or not, I mean, that's their prerogative. But with the rules that NASCAR seems to have in place, they want to take temperatures of people when they get there. But the problem I have with that is... You know, why aren't the racers or the racing teams being put up by NASCAR? Why is it NASCAR helping to house these people, make sure that they're social distancing, doing all the stuff they need to do to make sure that they're not infecting people? I mean, taking the temp when they show up at the track is not a bad idea, I guess. I mean, that should mitigate most problems. And if they're wearing masks, that will decrease transmission. So, I mean... I, I guess if you have no fans and you keep the teams away from each other, my question is how the hell are you going to keep pit crews working? Are the pit crews going to have to live with each other? What's going to happen with the race and the racing teams? How does that exactly work? You're like, you, know, you see, these are all the questions that I think need to be answered about any sport before you bring it back. I mean, NASCAR so far seems to have the most uh, comprehensive idea. I figure they're going to ease everything back in slowly. You're not going to, just like when you're trying to reopen the country, you can't just reopen everything. Oh, the virus is gone. We can live our life again. No, 
virus is not gone, ladies and gents. Just letting you guys know, if you people think it's gone because, oh, the death numbers are going down in the U.S., it's because it's going down in New York because we're staying inside of our houses. Do not confuse that with uh, your state where people are standing in front of the Capitol building with guns. Um, please, please do not confuse um, New York State's numbers from social distancing, bringing down the entire numbers in the country with we're getting over coronavirus as a nation. Please don't do that. So this will be very interesting now, I'm, and I'll be very curious to see the impact NASCAR's return on May 17th will have. I expect it will generate a large audience. It'll generate a lot of ratings. It'll generate a lot of money. So then you have to feel like once that happens, and uh, this actually brings up a very good point to my next sport that I would like to get into now, which mm -hmm. is Major League Baseball, and they're starting to pick up a little... We've been seeing little embers, little bits of maybe a little spark about maybe when baseball might return. And then Tony Clark just put it right back out with a gigantic uh, fire hose, right? Um, all of these uh, reports that we've been putting up, I mean, I, I think we've talked about baseball on this podcast. We have like, what, nine episodes up or something of that nature? Between, like We have a few episodes, some rants. Uh, I think at least half of them have been mainly about baseball. Well, because right now, we're going on two months with no baseball. We're going on two months. Yeah, I know. I'm like literally sitting in a chair holding my holding a Mets teddy bear, shaking back and forth, constantly going, when is Peter Alonso going to be on my TV? I, I get it. <laughs> um, but what Major League Baseball is doing is – you ever heard of the boy that cried wolf? You ever heard that story yeah. as a kid? Of course. Of you know. Course. Uh, every day he came running in, oh, the wolf, the wolf, wolf is coming, wolf, wolf, wolf. Then the one day the wolf was coming, and yeah. nobody cared, because Remember he cried that? wolf, and no Revere one believed him. Remember Paul Revere, the British are coming? You know how many times uh, people didn't believe that when the British were coming? Oh, then the British came. Yeah. But here's the thing, I don't think people are going to wait for Major League Baseball to come back or release a plan. Last week, we were talking about this week, possibly, we were going to hear something from Major League Baseball. Now tell us what we're hearing, John. More uh, plans and leaks and uh, little snippets that nobody will confirm or deny. Well, here's what we got right now. According to Mike Axisa, who writes for CBS Sports, Major League Baseball is going to go to the Players Union, the Players Association, with a proposal by sometime around the middle of May to discuss how to begin the 2020 regular season. Now, one team in particular, the Cleveland Indians, are beginning to kind of be, say, be prepared if the season were to open on July 1st. Now, we'd heard rumors maybe July 4th, realistically, around Independence Day, would have been the presumed start of the Major League season. I thought so I, Reports we read were no later than July 2nd, they said, right? End of June. Yes. But their real start date that they're going for, they want to start by like June 20th from what I've been seeing in earlier reports than this. Yeah. But here's now, and then going on to Tony Clark, he's hinted, we want to play. Quote, we want to play. As players, we want to play. But then their ideas, as these ideas find their way into mainstream media, there are some ideas that seem to make sense. There are ideas that don't track very well. All of them are being viewed against the backdrop of getting back on the field and affording our guys an opportunity to do what they love to do. That's great. Except I don't see why anyone is 
we're rushing so much to bring back Major League Baseball and we still don't know what they're going to be doing. The expanded roster idea with um, teams keeping extra players working out at spring training facilities and quarantining them, that was the closest thing to an idea I heard about what to do about the minors. But then what's going to happen to all those teams when they don't have a season? What's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, well, if basically the minor league season is kaput. It ain't yeah. going to happen. No, that can't, you, you, you can't have minor league baseball. There's no way you're going to get 120 municipalities to agree to allow baseball to be played in their town. So by having them be in the expanded rosters, particularly for AAA, maybe – do you maybe put double A into this mix? I don't know. I'm I'm curious how they're going to do this expansion of rosters. Are they only going to do minor leaguers at the triple A level? Are they going to maybe consider single A? Are they going to consider double A? Or maybe they're going to, or maybe they're just going to rank their prospects no matter where they're put in the minor league system. Like for example, uh, you know, maybe there's some guys in triple A that uh, play shortstop, but you know, you got that double A shortstop that actually has the uh, potential to play in the majors. Like, is that player going to be brought there? Exactly how is that going to work? You know, those are questions that we got to answer. And another thing that we got to really make sure about is how do we prevent fans from going? Like, yeah. what's going to stop fans from – okay, because uh, the big plan, I, I outlined it in the MLB's newest incomplete thought. You could go back and listen to that if you really want the whole entire breakdown of the idea. But, um, yeah, it's called self-promotion, guys. Live with it. Um, so here's the thing, right? Um, if we got three divisions with ten teams in each division, we got them traveling around, but they're going to be playing in their home stadiums. Exactly what's going to stop crazy people who think coronavirus is fake from gathering in parking lots of these stadiums during games? How are we going to protect the players? Like exactly what kind of resources are we now looking to publicly spend or how much money is baseball going to be willing to actually spend to have a season? Cause let's be real guys. They're at a loss already, right? Yes. They're at a loss. All sports are going to be at a major loss. All of them. So are how, right. how much more money are you willing to lose to have a season? I mean, cause at some point, doesn't it like almost, break even or make sense to not have a season financially almost i mean we've been through times like this before yeah, absolutely absolutely you know sports have all look there have been many sports in our system that have been through lockouts as i discussed on my nhl rant the nhl has been locked out three times in their mm -hmm. history three and now you add this pandemic into the mix they also had a 1992 strike that canceled 30 games. So if there's any sport that's been really battle-tested by obviously not playing games, and now with this pandemic, it's been the NHL. Well, I'll give you baseball is, is yeah. I'd say, about the same level yeah. of battle-tested. Yeah. We had the 94 play. Remember the 94 strike? No World Series was held that year. There was no playoff that year. Yeah, there was no champion in 1994. Yes, kids who look up on Wikipedia baseball um, statistics in the past. Yeah, there is no world champion in 1994. That wasn't a bad wiki edit. Yeah. Look what happened. When, look how much money baseball, I'm sure, lost in 1994. No baseball, yeah. no playoff, no World Series. So baseball had to rebound from the next season 
to get themselves back into relevancy again. You know what, though? The money that we were talking about in the 90s is nowhere near this. Oh, not at all. It's no. nowhere near the money you see now. I mean, my God. Uh, do you remember when everybody thought that the Knicks overpaid to re-sign John Starks when uh, they signed him for six years, $24 million? Who would have thought that was the thought That was overpaid. Yeah. And now today, if you today, gave somebody a six-year, twenty-four million dollar a year contract in any professional sport for a six-year deal, they would laugh at you and say that'd be almost an insult nowadays. Yeah. Every deal you look we've at now is in triple from, digits: hundred million dollars, two hundred million dollars. We've, we've gone, gone from, from salaries that gone as bad as high as like thirty million over like six years to. Upwards of $400 million a year for certain athletes. We're, we're talking, look at the numbers that Mike Trout got. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Look at the numbers that Machado got, that Harper got. $330 million, $330, million. I can't even imagine, I can't even think of how to possibly spend that amount of money. And if the players are making that much money, then you know the owners are ranking in that much more. These baseball teams and these leagues went from million-dollar businesses 30 years ago to billion-dollar businesses. The NFL, I believe, as an entire entity, if you put all of the teams together, is worth almost $100 billion. I wouldn't be surprised if, if down not the road. over. I won't be surprised if even down the road when we start seeing contracts down the road, maybe we'll see the billions be featured into regular contracts. Forget the millions. Maybe you'll I see. Mean, yeah. Maybe you'll see Aaron judge will sign a $2 billion deal for, for two years. I don't know. Just making this up. No, but like, but, see it. but think about how the money has jumped in 30 years, the amount of mm. revenue that is made. Yeah. This yeah. is why you're seeing the rush to bring sports back because Here's the thing. Um, business runs a lot on futures. Yep. That's how, lo how a lot of people make their money. The stock market, yep. everybody is looking at futures reports, right? right. So right. if you read any sort of Forbes at all, you're seeing futures reports, futures reports. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these leagues make their money and make their deals, their television deals, their revenue deals, advertising deals based upon credit. That they've taken out on based upon their futures evaluations. Mm -hmm. So right now, if you don't have a season and Major League Baseball doesn't even get anywhere near close to what their futures evaluations were, if the NFL doesn't get anywhere close to what their futures evaluations were, you're not going to see $330 million contracts being given out. You're going to see hard salary caps. Yeah. At lower numbers in the NBA and the NFL and the NHL. And I think you're going to see the end of the hundred million dollar deal. I think you have to. You got to put the money in check with some of these players. Do you think some of these players even play up to that contract that they're getting paid? Do you think well, players I deserve think, to be played I up to if that? You could juice the, if you could juice those billionaire owners for any amount of money, go ahead and do it. I mean... Go ahead and do it. These people have money upon money upon money upon money. Let me tell you something. If if it cost the owner of the San Diego Padres that much 
to pay Manny Machado $300 million over 10 years, he wouldn't be doing it. Mm. Like we think we hear numbers like $300 million and we go, Oh my God, because we can't even contemplate that kind of money. <clears throat> like most people listening to this show, you're probably making between like what? And it, 30 to, if you're doing really good about a hundred grand a year, something like that, you know, could you even fathom what $300 million is now? So then we say, oh, look at all these players, these rich players, all this other stuff. But we, why are the owners paying them so much? They don't deserve to get paid that much. Teachers should be paid more. But these owners look at $300 million over 10 years and they say, that's freaking nothing. I'm making $2 billion this year on ad revenue. Yep. 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 So... Think about it to scale. When you're when we talk money in sports, like and this is something I've always wanted to bring up. And John, I want to hear your thoughts on this. When we talk money in sports, I think we equate it with our own lens. We have to stop doing that. We have to actually look at the money these athletes get paid in relation to how much money the owners of these teams actually have yeah. and realize that this is all like a dr a drop in the bucket. Mm. Yeah. Well, right now, for me now with with COVID nineteen, that's going to put a major halt in that. How much the owners, the money the owners make, the players make, you're going to see down the road from here now really hard hits on the salary cap, and I think honestly should have been addressed a long time ago, even before this pandemic ever took place. My personal I mean, opinion. I mean, well, here's the thing, because it's allowing I mean, other teams, because it's allowed certain teams are not able to pay the money for these players because they always know up oh, teams and the upper echelon of sports they're going to have the money to get these big players but teams in the lower seller are going to be garbage for years because they can't afford yeah, but do you know what though the owners of the pittsburgh pirates i believe are the fifth richest owners in baseball and they still spend nothing yep the yep. will ponds have more money than the steinbrenners could ever dream of having the Wilpons look at the Steinbrenner's bank book and they laugh and they say, ha, 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 that's a pittance that I spend on Sunday night at the bar. That's literally how rich the Wilpons are. And they spend nothing. Every one of these teams is operating based upon futures. When you see the stock market release quarterly reports this year, I would love to see what how the leagues respond when the evaluations, the financial evaluations of these leagues tank. Um, Panic's going to set in when you find that out. There's going to be panic. Yeah, no, let me tell you something. Everybody who's a fan of the MLS, I, I feel bad for you because I don't think this league will survive the pandemic. The XFL is gone. The XFL is gone. Look what happened yeah. to the XFL. The XFL's finished. Um, I, I believe arena football is going to be shut down oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, that's going to kill the entire league. They don't have enough money saved up to actually take a hit for a year from a pandemic. I mean, the NHL, you know what? That's another sport that we really got to keep an eye on. It's solvency yeah. in terms of COVID-19 because they were already the fourth most popular sport in America. Then... It, because it's mainly an American hockey league. It is the fourth most popular league in America. Yep. It does not make the ad revenue of even an MLB anymore. Mm -hmm. And how are they going to, how are the, how is the NHL going to survive? Like yeah. the stars of this game, like think about it. 2020 was probably a season where we're, we were going to start really watching 
Are Sidney Crosby going to retire? Is Ovechkin going to retire? The two stars of the NHL today might not be able to play in 2021 if they don't have a full any another full NHL season under their belt at this point in their career. How are you going to ramp their bodies up? So now you're thinking about your two-star players retiring if you're the NHL. So financially, these sports have more pressure to open and be open than they've ever had before. So now, so now going back to my uh, piece here with the baseball and a potential for how it could come back. Right now, this is from the Major League Baseball and the Players Association. Each of the parties, this is what usually is always a, a common thing in all agreements with, with the two sides. Each mm-hmm. of the parties shall work in good faith to as soon as it is practicable, practicable, commence practicable. play. Did it really say practicable? Practicable, yeah. Com- practicable, practicable. Practicable. Commence play and complete. Hold on, wait, spell, what article is this? So, uh, from CBS our, our Sports. From that. CBS Sports. CBS Sports. Good job. All right. So each of the parties shall work in good faith to as soon as it's practicable, commence, play, and complete the fullest 2020 championship season and postseason that is economically feasible, says the agreement. So what's, you know the, what? what's, the, translation of, what's the translation of all of this? The MLB and the Players Association have to agree to everything. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. You don't think it might happen? You They're don't not going to so? accept the pay cut which MLB is going to require. The umpires already did. The umpires already agreed. The umpires, you're not talking, 25% of like $100,000 is $25,000. Well, you talk 25% of $30 million. How much money is that out of somebody's pocket? That's a quarter of what you make. That's a quarter of what you you make. uh, Would you ever agree to that? Well, if it means... That we're not going to have that either. I want to play a game if I'm really desperate to. I want to have a season. I want to make. I want to have this game generate revenue. I mean, as an umpire, if you love you know the game, as yeah. it is, yeah. if they don't play a season, if they play no season, I think as it is right now, because since it had to be canceled due to a pandemic, I don't think there is a final solution that says that the players don't get paid. Yeah, I mean the NBA. You what already does happen actually to the players' salaries in Major League Baseball if the season does not start. That's a very good question. You already are seeing. You've already seen twenty-five percent cuts in salary for the NBA, and they already had played about sixty-nine games. They still have to finish their season. Well, that union. Let me tell you something. That union is nowhere near as powerful as the oh, Major no, League no. Baseball Players no. Union. When you remember when Major League Baseball had threatened a work stoppage several years back? Do you remember that? And how big mm-hmm. of a and how big a deal that was? Do you yeah. know how big a deal it was to us fans if baseball were to even think of a lockout? You know how much money the game loses. You know how many games could get locked out. You know how much. You know how that can impact the season. Do you know how? You know what though? And here's the long term ramifications of this new COVID life we live um, in quarantine ashore here in uh, New York. Um, you know, he, 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 I, I just. Gotta just say that I think if the owners and Manfred play this right, they actually might be able to break the players' union. They might actually be able to break the players' union this time around. 
because they have to then say, oh, we lost gate money. We lost television money. Not as people, not as many people watched it, you know, because it wasn't as exciting without the fans, you know, Hmm. we're starting to see that, you know, in the new age, you're not as worth as much to our product or our uh, bottom line as we once thought. We want to renegotiate these contracts. We want to renegotiate this. We lost this much revenue. We can't pay you those contracts. So your contracts are going to have to be honored at 75% of their value upon sign due to loss of revenue. And, uh, or, you know, there's a lot of different things that nobody's thinking about right now that they should be thinking about. And this is why sports want to open quickly. Every day that Major League Baseball doesn't have a game is another chance that we could see baseball contracts, player and MLB situations implode. It's another day that we could see this entire thing all fall apart. Because I have a question. What's Rob Manfred and the owners and the Major League Baseball going to do if uh, the players union says, uh, you know what, guys, uh, we're not down with this. Come up with another idea. Well, the longer this delays, the longer this plays out, it looks unrealistically less and less could a baseball season return. And we won't know. We will not know until these sides agree. They have to agree Last to week we heard this week, and now this week we're hearing mid-May that they're going to announce if the players – that they're going to hand it to the Players Association in mid-May? A proposal to them, yes, about how to return the season. But we've had at least three different fully prepared proposals leaked out of the commissioner's office <laughs> within the past month. Yeah, Manfred. And now Manfred. we need another 15 days to get a proposal. I mean, what was it Manfred wanted to do originally? Uh, play, uh, what, Cactus and... and- and grapefruit league or something like that. Yeah. He want. yeah. The first plan was they wanted to be in Arizona and Florida. Then the next one was, um, Arizona only. Then the third plan involved Texas. And now we have, there was like a couple of days where we were hearing rumors about, you know, Texas being involved and, uh, you know, playing games in Texas, spreading out teams between Arizona, Texas and Florida. And they could use Texas to travel through and all this other, whatever. I, I don't know. You're about 20,000 different ideas for Major League Baseball about how they're going to open up. And somehow we still can't get a a proposal to the Players Union before middle of May. You want to open up a season, possibly have an opening day for July 1st, and you're only handling an agreement to the Players Association in the middle of May. When are we going to have, quote-unquote, spring training? Well, according to another piece that I'm reading here, and this was the proposed idea that the Indians were preparing to start the season July 1st. An He's idea- using air quotes, by the way, guys. He's using air quotes. <laughs> well, this is a tweet from, well, from Trevor Plouffe, Major League player. Now, again, I would take this with a grain of salt. I wouldn't take believe- everything with yeah. a grain of salt, a little bit of pepper, yeah. some paprika, and... Uh, <laughs> Because you're being, we're all being fed a steaming load of BS. Okay, uh, go ahead. Want some good baseball news? I just heard from multiple sources that on June 10th, spring training two will start. July 1st will be opening day, and all teams will be playing at their home ballparks. Oh, so we're we're moving toward, yeah, yeah. Has Governor Cuomo said that's going to happen? Right now, Governor Cuomo hasn't even mentioned a thing 
Now, he hasn't changed his lockdown rules yet, but you already have seen New Jersey's extended their lockdown by another couple of weeks. When will we will we be extending ours past May 15th? We don't know. We're May 15th here in New York. So whatever happens here, the governor's making that decision. The Yanks aren't making that choice. We have nine days until the current lockdown rules expire. And even if it does, the governor's only going to open first upstate New York and then gradually work its way down to downstate New York. Yeah, We're in downstate New York. New York City's not opening any no, time damn you can't. soon. No. Even though the cases are coming down, and it's good that they're coming down, until yeah, these cases are down to zero, you can't We only anything. had 300 deaths today. Only 300, John. Well, I thought that was 232, but whatever you want to oh, slice yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Only still 300, but yeah, still around 300 a day is still not yeah, enough. You hear the sarcasm. That's still terrible. Horrible. It's horrible. You can't God, if you saw these numbers, let me tell you something. If they saw these numbers in the Obama administration, every Republican would have been uh, blowing their top off, but that's fine. Um, yeah. Let's just continue on before I start yelling about politics. Uh, yeah. um, but back let, to your point here. Yeah. yeah, let's get back to that. So Plouffe, now this is from Trevor Plouffe, that he believes July 1st will be opening day, June 10th yeah. will be spring training. Yeah, so we're, we're seeing the consensus amongst a lot of people. You know, Rappaport's been saying he's been hearing similar things. Um, now, I will say this, though, and uh, Cuomo did bring this up. He did, okay. annou- he did announce a phase plan, like about three, four phases to when certain items will open. So May 15th, you start with upstate, maybe like construction, small things open there. Then you get to June 1st, maybe barber shops open up around June 1st. Then you go two more weeks down, June 15th. Then you start seeing restaurants open up, maybe bars open up. If you put the timing in like that, maybe July 1st is not a a forgotten footnote here. No, and Cuomo, but it's speculation. I think he said he could see state, he could see the Yankees and the Mets playing in their home stadium. And he wants to see June. it return. He wants baseball to come back. Cuomo look, I know. Him. I mean, like, look. Let me tell you something. Everybody who thinks uh, Cuomo is this liberal person who's going to keep New York shut down forever and a day because he's a bleeding heart hippie. Uh, don't get it twisted. Cuomo's still cutting Medicaid. Um, so, so, so let me just end all of that speculation there. New York will open again. We just still have hundreds of people dying, but around the country, it might not be like that. Yeah. The point of the matter is Cuomo even said in June, he would be open to having, you know, the teams play in the stadiums without fans. But how are we going to guard this? I mean, I know New York has definitely enough cops, enough yeah. uh, security, state police, city police. We have enough personnel to guard the stadium. I've been around Yankee Stadium in. many times. To- I've been to Yankees games, and I've been around Yankee Stadium. You know how packed of a madhouse it can get the minute yeah. you get off at River Avenue 161st. First. Yeah, my, my only question is, how in the heck are you going to secure Yankee Stadium? I would say you have to carden off the entire surrounding area around the stadium you can't so have, have grocery stores little corner shops all places, the little all the little gift shops that sell you items. have to all be shut down so that the, the bars no well the restaurants are most of the restaurants are basically shut down as it is no I'm, but they're but they're doing takeout they're doing like pickup delivery takeout uber eats uh doordash all that other stuff i could like maybe, they might not be going inside but the kitchens are open i could maybe see this and actually this is a brilliant idea Okay, let's go okay. for it. Okay. Do you remember the days of drive-in movies? Yeah. Okay. Put the Yankees on a big screen outside of Yankee Stadium. Have everybody have to be in their cars, by the way, when this happens. 
have everyone in their cars, and you watch the Yankees game in the parking lot in your car. As long as you pay the price of a, you know, as long as you pay the price to be there, of course. You know. What do you think of that? I can't see Yankee Stadium doing something like that. I can't see that, right? City Field could do it. They have a big enough lot where they could fit people. Now, here's where I think, uh, you know, we're missing a point here. I don't think you're going to see baseball, and it's, you shouldn't see baseball played in both stadiums. You shouldn't. I mean, in general, think about it this way. In New York, during the baseball season, it's very rare to see the Yankees and the Mets in town at the same time. They try to make sure that one team is in while the other team is away. I think there's maybe about, like, what, out of 162 games, maybe about five occasions where the team's are in the city playing at the same time on the same day. Well, yeah, the Subway Series, they, they play in the same city, obviously. I mean, well, aside from that, like, you know, you, you really see, like, oh, here's the Yankees-Red Sox game on the same day as a Mets-Braves game, and they're both in town at the same time to play. You rarely see that. So it's already – it already makes sense that if baseball is being played at one location, it isn't played at the other. That isn't – like too out of the realm of normalcy in terms of securing events in New York City. So mm. my proposal is this. Okay. City okay. Field should be where baseball is played in New York. For both I love Yankee Stadium. For both I love the nostalgia of it. But you can't tell me that you're going to shut down about, like, what, seven food stores, ten businesses yeah. every other day to just have the Yankees play there. Oh, by the way, you're going to completely disrupt subway commute. You would have to shut down the train station going into Yankee Stadium. You would have to, you would have to route buses around it. You would have to set up a perimeter in the Bronx. Yeah, and don't forget, we already remember the MTA's already introduced the uh, four hours no trains. Remember that one to five. Now it's already it already took place last night, early this morning actually. No trains from one to five a.m. So imagine. If that Yankees game or that Met game, you know, maybe bleeds a little past midnight, we go to extra innings, and that's happened. Game could bleed past midnight. Maybe a rain delay could have happened. Game's delayed two hours. Okay, now you have to get on that train to go home. Up oh, one o'clock hits. No trains running. Yeah, no, but that's the deal. Thing. No, well, what are you going to do in terms of securing the stadium? My thing is, how are you going to secure Yankee Stadium when you can literally get inside it from underneath it? Yeah, that's the thing. How are you going to secure Yankee Stadium when? You have people that literally live right there. I are you going to tell people they can't go back to their homes because we got a guard for the New York Yankees? It doesn't make any sense. People. The only thing that's at City Field is chop shops and bars that are closed because the Mets aren't working yeah, right that's now. That's why I that's agree why. with you, though, that doing it at City Field makes sense. The parking lot's big enough. You can fit you can fit enough cars in there where you could easily – you set up a little bit of a big screen in front of the ballpark, and people can watch the game right there. The one rule – they have to be in their cars. They cannot. And then, and then, since not a lot of stations still have AM signals anymore, what you do is, uh, okay, you put it on like whatever random channel, AM channel, and then you could hear the live broadcast of the game with no commercials. There and you, go. you get to hear because I remember one time I was in, uh, I was in a Shea Stadium. I was in the box, right? So we got to hear the you know Tim McCarver and Joe Buck call a game because it was a Reds versus Mets game and uh, Fox was there and I was in a box and you heard when their mics were live, but they weren't on the air. 
Like I heard like Tim McCarver going, Oh my God, I wish I was catching today. You know, I just, I, I want to tape up. I just want to put on some cleats and go run out on the field. Yep. But you heard things like that. Give the fans access to that. Give the fans access to that. Let us put that on in our car and then watch. And then, you know what the stadium can even do? And this would be great for the live broadcast. Put a couple of microphones out into the parking lot when we have the drive-in to watch the, or hear the baseball game live. Yeah. And then record the roar of the crowd at that point. Amen. Amen. Perfect. Perfect. There you, you know, go. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Maybe you all, and all I needed was a master's in television production to figure that out. Maybe, you know, as a little bit of a, to add a little extra to that, you know, you have the cars honking their horns, big, big home run is hit or something like that. You could hear the eruption throughout the lot. It will almost, yeah. they're, they're not going to be in the stadium, but it will feel as if they're there. Have a mechanical home run apple outside of City Field. Yeah. Do you remember? You can still see the apple go up. Remember what Terrence Mann said in the Field of Dreams. Okay. People will come. Yeah. When he built the baseball field. You remember it? You remember the ending scene at the very end of Field of Dreams? Yep. I'm sure you remember that very clear. As Ray Kinsella is having a catch with his dad, cars, as far as the eye could see, their headlights line up down the small cornfield in Dyersville, Iowa, attracting the fans to that small field in the Field of Dreams. If you could bring something like that to a major league stadium, obviously you'll have to be in your car when you do it. That's the first step towards America's pastime coming back again. You know what? That's a brilliant idea, actually. I mean, because think about it this way. How are you going to prevent people from being around these stadiums? So you have one or two choices. Either you can have a police lockdown or you can have a, a drive-in movie or a drive-in uh, attendance experience. Uh, I could just imagine, you know, you could do that. You could literally have drive-in attendants line all the cars up in the parking lot, put them by a big screen, maybe allow like, you know, a couple hundred cars to come and you charge like admission, like, I don't know, you do something like you pay online and you get right. in and uh, you have to scan a thing. Yeah. I'm sure there's ways we could do this where we could keep people socially distant. And don't think the vendors are left out of this. Don't worry. Fans will still get their peanuts and Cracker Jack on an app. Yeah, you order you your peanuts and Cracker Jack on an app. Put it on the hood and they put it in your window, whatever. Yeah. The vendors come around doing window delivery to your car. Yeah. Hot dogs, everything. Hamburgers, everything. Yeah. Again, yeah. it will not be a norm. It's not going to be a permanent norm. But this is a way for baseball to realistically play safe during COVID-19. This it's is also possible. a way to get fans involved in some form of live experience during COVID-19. I mean, the rules would have to be simple. You'd have to have your windows up, no windows down, can't have sunroofs open, nothing like that. The only way you could guarantee social distancing is if people keep their windows up and stuff like that. So that's one thing. But I'm sure it'd be easier to enforce that than it is to enforce uh, – nobody's allowed within like a hundred feet of Yankee stadium. I think that's a lot harder to enforce. The only thing you will have, and this is a, uh, the note I just, that just popped in my head here. The only thing you'll have is long lines at the restroom. That's about the only uh, little thing there. Yeah. Well, well, you know what though? No, we can manage that. You know, again, you social distance, just like when you go into a grocery store, maybe 10 people at a time. Okay. 
you know, maybe oh. have porta, maybe have the porta potties all over the place. If that, uh, I don't know. Uh, h- how about uh, you know, if, if you have a weak bladder, d- d- don't don't go to the drive-in baseball. <laughs> there you go. Simple as yeah. that. Simple as that. But yeah, I think what they also could do is again, should they do a temperature check when you go into the drive-through? I think it would be better safe than sorry. sorry. Yeah, well, maybe do you it. could definitely do something and like that. You temperature's see, no good. We're going to come up with ways, guys. We're going to try to figure this out because apparently none of you people want to be able to say, "Hey, you know what? We could not have sports this year." So we're going to try to figure out how we could do it, and you won't die. It's a Thank wonderful you. idea, you know, not dying from COVID. To you know, it's a it's a novel thought right there. Yeah. Look, it's something for baseball. That's something that can definitely work. I could see that for NFL too. If the NFL does not have fans in the stands, I could see this working just as well for football. You have enough people you could pack into the Meadowlands. You have enough people you could pack into the parking lots in FedEx Field and Gillette. You know what? Majorly, if Major League Baseball were smart, they would have uh, conversations with um, stadium parking lots all over uh, the country. Like, um, what what's stopping you from um, going to let's say park in the Meadowlands parking lot, for example, at, at uh, the new Giant Stadium at MetLife Field? What's stopping you from having uh, Mets or Yankees baseball played on a big screen there? Yeah, yeah. twenty dollar admission to drive your car there. However, there will be obviously a strict rule for the parking capacity. Obviously, once uh. The first few thousand or cars, whatever is packed. Luckily, we're not paid to figure this. Luckily, we're not paid to figure this out. But this is something realistically that could happen. If the Major League Baseball, if the NFL, if all the other sports can kind of really think outside the box as we just did, there's no doubt in my mind professional sports will start making this comeback. I can't. Let me just say something, guys. It really took us like what? We John literally came up with this idea. And this was like, what, about 15 minutes worth of show topic, right? Um, About, he's like, hmm, how could we have baseball and still take in revenue? Hmm, let's have drive-in stands instead of people inside the stadium. Um, Let's have, you know, like a big screen and a parking lot. You know, uh, I love how no one else seems to think of these things, though. Like, where is the -the out-of-the-box thinking? that is going to allow us to have traditions in 2020. Because it's not that, you know, baseball shouldn't happen. It's not that sports shouldn't happen. It's that so far we've heard nothing that makes any sort of even a monicum of sense in terms of bringing back major sports. The In fact, the only major sport that they're bringing back in somewhat of a safe-ish fashion is NASCAR. Yeah. Yep. And then probably look, with it, with them coming back, maybe golf comes back right after them. And if yeah. golf comes back, maybe baseball comes back. If baseball, so what do you think comes back first, the PGA Tour uh, in the middle of June or Major League Baseball? I could see the PGA Tour. That looks more. That looks like the most realistic return for me because you don't have to really. You don't have to worry about social. You know, you don't have to worry about being close to one another. You socially distance all the time in golf for the most part. All right, your caddies will just be a little further away, but you go down the golf course to retrieve the ball that you hit. Here's an idea. Have the golfer drive their own caddy. Yeah, yeah, perfect idea. Have the golfer drive their own caddy, put their bags in the seat where the golfer used to sit in the caddy, and just have the golfer drive it themselves. If anything, COVID-19 gave us a very good lesson how to be resourceful in a crisis. 
We just uh, come it, up with no, it. No, that, that was the lesson it was supposed to teach us. Well, now well, we've COVID-19 has taught me how unresourceful people are in a crisis. <laughs> that, that's the scary thing. We, like Between all the different incomplete thoughts that Major League Baseball has had, between the non-action and non-commentary from Adam Silver, between all of these things, right? It's proven that the commissioners of our leagues really don't seem to have a complete thought in their head if they rubbed all their brain cells together, aside from the commissioner of NASCAR, obviously. Um, like, I haven't heard the PGA Tour come out with anything about how are they going to keep golf socially distanced. I haven't heard the PGA Tour say a word yet, but the only thing we know is that what is the date that um, the PGA Tour is supposed to come back in June, John? Well, let's take a look at it. Uh, there hasn't really been, again, the PGA Tour has been kind of quiet with uh, a return, but let's see. The PGA Tour would return June 11th, the, Sh yeah. the Charles Schwab Challenge on June 11th in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah, so, so you know, states like Texas that are open could hold PGA Tour events. Um, Florida, Texas, Carolinas. And whether I agree with the states being open or not is a completely uh, other matter. But if the states are open, technically they can run these events. And, yes, you could socially distance in golf. But, once again, I haven't seen or heard anything out of golf in terms of how are they going to keep well, I have, I have something I'd like to read right here, and I think this is very important that you hear this. Again, from CBS Sports, written by Kyle Porter. When the PGA Tour returns on June 11th, there will be tests. Lots and lots of tests. We're going to need rapid response, large-scale testing, says Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour. The continued emergence of testing and new protocols is very encouraging. And we, like other sports, are spending a lot of time relying on experts and identifying the resources that we need to come back in a safe, responsible way. So tests. We need lots of tests is basically the response from the commissioner of the PGA. Now, another plan has been laid out, and we'll see how they're going to do this. It okay. sounds like they want each person, and this is from from uh, for ESP, from ESPN here, from, uh, from, Todd, from Kyle Porter. Uh, this is from uh, Brandon Todd. Okay, Brandon about Todd, this. ESPN. Brandon Todd, ESPN. It sounds like each person will be tested, even the walking scorers, the officials, to make sure we are free of COVID-19 and healthy. I feel good with that process. I'm really excited to get back to playing. That players will also self-test before they arrive at a tournament, be tested when they get there, and then again throughout the week. What do you think of that? I think that if we can't test people that actually have COVID-19, that we shouldn't be giving mass tests to professional athletes. But that is the right way of going about it. If you're going to be there, you have to be tested. You have to be tested throughout the week of the tournament before you get there, when you get there, as you're there, as you're leaving, because people could be asymptomatic carriers. So, yeah. I mean, this is the best way they can do it. And if they can guarantee that these players, if you have a positive test, then obviously you're not going to be invited. If you get there and then have a positive test, you're going to be sent home to quarantine if during the week that you are playing, you get a positive test, obviously you're not finishing the course or you're being sent home. I mean, I get that. It's like I said, golf is a, is the one sport I could have at least at the beginning of this really imagined coming back soon because really all you need are the scorekeepers, um, a bunch of jib cams, a couple of announcers that could do it remotely and the golfers themselves. 
I mean, there will be like other little things, you know, rakes, you know, raking the course, you know, cleaning up little things that you do have to worry about. Ground screw, absolutely, yeah. Those are things definitely that have to take into account. And obviously, you know, when it rains at golf courses, they don't play. They don't play golf when it rains, particularly heavy. So those are definitely things that the PGA Tour though can address. The great thing with hot with with golf, there's no need to go through a spring training. You don't have to go through a a long get back into shape process. It's golf. Yeah, it's, we, yeah. I mean, the, golfers are already golfing. Like, the, let's be real. Yeah. The word and look to make things even better. All our golf courses, our regular golf courses for the most part, have been reopened. Yeah, actually, in New York, they stayed open. Yeah, New Jersey they reopened did. its golf courses. New Jersey reopened its courses. Yeah, so I mean, golf is something you can that can be done socially distant. So I can see golf coming back. Now, what else is going to come back? What are our thoughts on the other sports? What are our thoughts on the NFL? And uh, I might have a little something, a little ditty coming out tomorrow about uh, the future of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, I want you guys to make sure you stay tuned for that. But I want to thank you all for tuning into this today. This has been your episode of Downtown Sports. Uh, let's just go through what we uh, talked about. So NASCAR is back May 17th. They will be back in South Carolina. The PGA Tours we just discussed now will be back June 11th in Texas. So that's so far officially what they're saying. Major League Baseball looks like, uh, according to some tweets, some reports, maybe July 1st. But uh, that's if the players. Yeah, that's if the Players Association agrees to it. And. yeah, John, anything else you want to say to the guys before we go? In fact, where are all the places they can find us? Yeah. You can listen to us live on Anchor.fm. You can listen to us on Spotify, on Breaker, on Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and now our newest home, Overcast. And we will have more and more new platforms where you can listen in to downtown sports any day of the week. Yeah, We're and, just getting uh, started, folks. We are just getting started. And the other thing we want to say is if you come to our anchor page, please, we will not be ashamed if you donate to the podcast. We would not be ashamed at all. We will not be too ashamed to take any donations that you want to lay forth so that we can keep bringing you this content. We're not ashamed of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Donate. But for the mouth of the South, John Schiavone, I'm the the beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente. I'm eating nothing but kids, string beans. Please help. Stay tuned for more rants, and we will have our show return next week here on Anchor and on all platforms available. But right now, so long, everybody, from our foxholes in New York. We're in quarantine ashore. Please send all donation buttons to the uh, donation button. Mash the donation button. (laughs) Have a good one, everybody.